Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you for joining us. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Veracity Networks, and my good friend, Drew Peterson. Thank you for sponsoring us and believing in me. I'd also like to thank Paul Cardall for the beautiful music that we just listened to. And I'd like to thank all of you. Thank you for spending some time each and every week listening to these amazing people that I have on this uh, belief cast. It just blows my mind. And we just hit over 100,000 downloads and we've hit this tipping point and it's just blowing up and I'm just blows my mind. But it's not because of anything other than these amazing people coming on, sharing their beautiful stories with us. And today's no different. Today we have Madeline Birchall. Thank you for joining us, Madeline. Thanks for having me, Tom. Yeah, and I know her as Mads, <laughs> and uh, she's a coach at Orange Theory and one of the managers as well. And so I've known her as Mads, and I, I, you know, I go to her class every week, and she's one of the most positive, most confident, energetic people I've ever met. And... Every time I would see you, I'm like, I got to have her on because just the, the fire you live. But you also have an amazing life, too, that, that I want people to hear about your story. And um, a little background, you have 10 siblings. I do. Right? Yeah. And are you the youngest? I am the caboose. The caboose. Yeah. Wow. Number I'd 11. I'd like to think they saved the best for last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. It's probably true. And um, I know that you've uh, you've played volleyball, softball, basketball. Um, you, you, one of your first words was ball, right? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. In fact, I, <laughs> I, I believe in my journal, my mom wrote something about, I was three days old and I went to one of my brother's basketball games. So sports have been a huge part of my life for sure. Yeah. Wow. I want to talk more about that. Yeah. And, uh, you've got a bachelor's degree in kinesiology. 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 Yeah. Man, yeah. I butchered it. It's uh, so it's the study of the human body in motion, okay. which is kind of what got me into the love and field that I work in now. So, yeah. So you've been a personal trainer for 10 years, yeah. uh, for the last three years. Again, like we mentioned just a minute ago, you're a coach and manager, studio manager at Orange Theory. Yeah. That place is amazing, by the way. Yeah, I mean, it, it is the best. Yeah, and we'll talk more about what that is for our listeners to understand that. And then um, I know that uh, you talk about how Orange Theory has really opened your eyes up to unlock and unleash your, you know, the limitless potential. Yeah. And I want to talk about that as well. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I think that it's something that I have always, there's been a piece of, um, my life that I knew was always kind of missing little puzzle pieces here and there that um, I felt like maybe I I was a little bit different or I right. thought or uh, things were a little bit peculiar to me in my thought process and whatnot as to what type of impact we each have on individuals that we come in contact yeah. with. And I think that became a lot more clear in my time at Orange Theory because it, it put me in a position to be a hand in other people's happiness. And I think that not everyone necessarily is meant to do that, but I've been blessed in that department that I truly do find joy in in helping other people. And I get to do that every single day. And it's the biggest gift for sure. Well, and I know you obviously are a very confident woman and the way you carry yourself, but I know it hasn't always been like that. But before we kind of get into all that, Mm -hmm. I want to talk about growing up uh, with with 10 siblings, mm-hmm. what would that, what was that like? And what was it like growing up in California? 
So I'm from small town uh, country living. It's called Houston, <laughs> California. So okay. to my right and left of our house out in the country, we have almonds out in the front. We have persimmons. Really? In the back, we have cherries. Um, so yeah, I, I grew up in a small town, went to a, a small high school that all um, 11 of us Birchall children went to. <laughs> so when I was going through Houston High School, the teachers, of course, um, landed a bang with me finishing up there, but didn't <laughs> yeah. know what they were going to do without any more Birchalls. Yeah, so, um, and we talked a little bit, taught about my experience in sports and whatnot, but I think one thing that I think is important to highlight, uh, some of the other things that I did in my, in my childhood. And part of that impact was my parents, namely my mom. She, um, made a rule when we were young in order to play sports, which was a given, we're all right. super athletic. Sure. We had to play the piano and one other instrument. Really? Could you guess what I played? I'm going to say electric guitar. No, no, I was a, I was a trumpet player. Trumpet. <laughs> <Yeah>. Really? <laughs> From fifth grade through my senior year in high school. <laughs> so all of us birch all kids, we were, you know, not just jocks, but we played music yeah. and I was in, you know, student council, just very involved. Sure. And, and I think that is, part of what allowed me to get exposed to so many different people and whatnot. And I loved every single one of them. Did you enjoy playing a musical instrument or it was almost like, okay, I'll just get through this so I can go play. I loved sports. it. Oh, I did really you? did. Okay. It, it was kind of different how my high school did it. I think a lot of people were like, wait, you were in band. Just don't expect that from me. But, uh, <laughs> our high school, uh, if you were in band, the entire band went to every single year, Disneyland, um, California Adventure, Medieval Times, right. and we performed at Disneyland and stuff. So it was yeah. kind of a no-brainer. If you wanted to go on this sweet trip with your friends, you yeah. were in band, yeah, you know? Sure. Yeah. So I, I actually, to this day, I'll hear a certain jazz song or something. I'm like, man, I miss playing the trumpet, you know? Really? So I, I was in concert band, symphonic band, jazz band, pet band, you name it, I was in it, and I do miss it. I really do. Can't yeah. promise how I do on a trumpet these days, but, but I yeah. loved it, yeah. I would imagine, because I hear this from a lot of people who have played an instrument, whether it's the piano or something else, uh, it, it taught them, whether they liked it or not, it taught them discipline. Do you feel like that that was a big part of kind of, you know, forming the way you live your life with discipline? For sure, yeah. I, I think that it requires... Um, a certain level of commitment because you have to practice just like any sport I played. Yeah. I had to practice to thrive and same thing with any instrument I played. And as a result, it allowed me to <laughs> play in some, you know, all state honor band, first chair trumpet, goofy things that <laughs> I would have never anticipated in a million years. In fact, right. I have a funny memory of being at this all state, um, honor band concert where I had to get up to go do my solo. And I was waddling up there because my tights were had fallen about to my knees Serious? and I was up there about to perform <laughs> my solo nervous already and yeah. then this had happened so I have lots of great memories <laughs> but yes it definitely taught discipline it definitely taught the importance of practice and it definitely um in so many ways blessed my life for sure yeah that's awesome what was it like with having that many siblings I mean my I, goodness I picture just chaos so it's interesting <laughs> because when I was born my first, I want to say three siblings were already out of the house. Okay. So, um, my oldest sister and myself being the youngest, there's a 24 year age gap. Okay. So when I was 18 months, I was an aunt. I was aunt Manny. Yeah. Wow. So, um, I, <laughs> I broke the tie for us ladies. I have five older brothers, five older sisters, and then came me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was, man, it was 
I, I don't know any different. People will be like, what was that like? Did, did yeah. you like it? And my memory is just a lot of chaos for sure, yeah. but a lot of fun. Yeah, um, my, my family is <laughs> so loving, so fun. Everyone's hilarious. We're always doing, you know, different activities that c- keep us all engaged. And so it's, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. Wow. I feel super grateful. Yeah. And I imagine it was a lot of fun. I mean, but what was it like, you know, like dinner time or like, you, you know, everyone needs to use the bathroom at the same time. I mean, that had to have been kind of, kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think being the very youngest, um, I thankfully didn't have to compete with all 10 of them for uh, yeah. space and so on and so forth. And I will say I probably don't have too many member uh, memories of just extreme chaos because of the way that my parents, namely my mother, conducted our family. Okay. And it was her influence of just, I mean, I woke up every morning to a warm cooked breakfast. I left the house, whether it be for school or practice or whatever, with a lunch made for me. I came home to a clean room, laundry done, floors were mopped, and then a warm dinner at our dinner table for us all to have together. Wow. So... Um, I was really lucky. Yeah. yeah very wow. fortunate. Well, talk, talk a little bit about that influence you, you got from your parents and maybe even specifically your mom. Yeah. So what were some of the things that you learned from her and that kind of you still incorporate in your life today? Yeah. So, uh, I would say one of the biggest life lessons from my dad was he is just a total sweetheart. That guy mm-hmm. is kind to everyone he is the type of guy he's sitting at his gate at an airport and he already knows this man sitting next to him job family background where he came (laughs) from what he's done he's just a friendly guy and Uh I've always admired that about him I thought he was kind of goofy at times for it but I think (laughs) to see that consistency in him still to this very day has been really special um and then with my mom she has she managed to impact a lot of lives in her time on earth with us and um, many, many life lessons. In fact, I have a number of tattoos on my body on the right side. They're all personal life lessons and the ones on the left side are life lessons for my mom. Really? So, yeah. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've, I mean, yeah, I think I've seen one or two of them, you know, during the class that we do, but uh, you know, um, so you mentioned that uh, your mom, I mean, you kind of alluded to your mom has pa- passed away. She did. Yeah. yeah. She passed away uh, eight years ago when I was, when I was 20. When you were 20. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can do you mind talking a little bit about that? I mean, obviously I'm sh- a difficult time for everybody. Talk about what happened and what led to that and yeah, how you, um, how it impacted you. So, I mean, you heard me mention just how fortunate I was with her influence in my life and she, she lived to be a loving mother and she was exactly that she one of my tattoos on my back of my left elbow it says 110 and every Mm. time I would leave the house regardless of what it was for a big game a big test um or a hard conversation it didn't matter she gave me one more look before I left the door and said Manny do your best give 110 percent and so I I definitely felt that pressure growing up to deliver and give a hundred percent, 110 percent. And it definitely, um, instilled some great, um, tenacity, if you will, and just about everything I've done. And, um, I think those were lessons that I learned at such a young age that ultimately carried me to do a lot of what I've done. And part of that is, um, 
in my sports allow me to go play college basketball. You know, I was a 12 sport award is what they called it at our high school. I played three sports for all four years. I played wow. basketball, softball, and volleyball and, um, got off, off, sorry, offers for all three and ended up deciding to play basketball. Okay. And I went to, um, Virginia to play my freshman year. And this was a childhood dream of mine, you know, to go play college sport. And so I went out to Virginia my freshman year and unfortunately, in the first semester is where that dream kind of came tumbling down because I got kicked off the team and I lost my scholarship for dating one of my teammates. Oh, really? Yes. So that um, was challenging. I yeah. moved from California to Virginia across the United States to go fulfill a, a lifelong dream. And that got stripped from me pretty quick. So I... Um, had to call my parents, let them know that I withdrew from my freshman year in college because they gave wow. me the option. Hey, we know you're here on a basketball yeah. scholarship that you're yeah. no longer going to have. So you can continue to go to school um, and continue your education or you can withdraw. And I that was on a Friday. And I asked, how do I go about doing that? And they said, matter of Just, signing some paperwork. So sign. I signed the paperwork and I moved to Utah actually on Sunday. Really? So I moved to Utah when I was 18. Okay. And I lived here wow. in Utah briefly for about six months. Okay. And to be honest, I was too scared to go home. So that's, <laughs> that's where why you were I didn't to, go home. So, yeah. okay. So you, that's, the, wow. So did your parents know, I mean, obviously that, you know, you're attracted to women and did they have any idea or did, is that something you kind of knew younger, but you didn't share it? I mean, just give us that background. So I think. At that time, I thought fully I was pulling the wool over my parents' eyes. They had no idea what was going on, but boy, was I <laughs> fooling myself. And okay. um, I think they knew a lot more than what I anticipated. What you thought of, yeah. So my mom being the graceful individual that she is, when I moved to Utah, I moved to my sister's house briefly, and my the timing worked out great to where... I moved to Utah. My birthday's in January, so I was turning 19, and my mom came out to Utah for my birthday, okay. and she had a sit-down conversation with me, and in a very graceful way, kind of just said, like, now does does this, like, make a little bit more sense? I, I, I remember that question, and really? I remember being okay. like, what is she talking about? Does this make more sense? You know, so <laughs> right. it wasn't something that I was too transparent, open, and honest about, and I think okay. part of that was... Being the youngest of 11 kids, my parents were a little bit older. In fact, yeah, sure. growing up, a lot of my friends, their parents were the same age as my older siblings. Right. They went to high school with my older siblings. Okay. So my parents <laughs> were like everyone else's grandparents. And so I think I shied away from that emotional connection with them and having those intimate conversations that I so wish I would have had now. Right. You know? Yeah, sure. Um, but then that's when we kind of had that first talk about, um, you know, introducing things with my sexuality and kind of even right. understanding what that even meant. What was that this like. after, so you went to Utah yep. after which was this after you, did you go back? I did not No. Okay. So I was in, I was in Utah for six months and okay. then kind of around the end of the six months and major blessing in disguise. Um, my parents convinced me to come home. So I moved back to California. Okay. And, um, I figured, you know what, gosh, uh, this is devastating. I've lost a childhood dream of mine, but I, I might as well continue my education. So I enrolled at the local junior college Okay. the same day that I enrolled the coach, the basketball coach there called me and said, you're enrolled in my school. You're playing for my team. Really? Yeah. So I did. Wow. And, um, 
major blessings in disguise that everything worked out the way that it did because it got me back home. And I was um, actually at basketball practice when um, I was in a routine water break. I went over to get some water. I looked at my phone. I had tons of missed calls and, mm. and, and a voicemail from my dad. And in the voicemail, I could tell his tone of voice that something was not right, you know. And so I called him and his voice was just shaky. And, and what he said was, honey, we lost mom. And I wow. remember just, in fact, just hearing myself say that just sends yeah. chills down my spine, wow. you know. But that's when I caught wind and news that I had lost my mom at 20 years old. Wow. So that was... was she, had she been sick? Did you know? Or was it some an accident? So or? Um, I did not know. And no one in our family really did outside of one of my sisters that she communicated with a little bit more often the depth or the severity, mm -hmm. I guess she yeah. had what's called a cardiomyopathy, which essentially means, you know, your heart could fail at any time. And that's what happened. Mm -hmm. But none of us and nor would she have ever told us because she, I have so many memories growing up of her tirelessly. We would get home from church and she would get right to work, baking the homemade rolls, yeah. getting ready for the family dinner that everyone that was still close to home would come to Sunday family dinner and while we would all sit down and have this gracious meal that she spent all day, yeah. she would, um, I would sometimes go down to her room and she'd be taking a nap, just exhausted from all the work she put into yeah, making this right. perfect meal for her family. So um, I had an inkling that like her health wasn't the best, but right. never knew to what extent. Yeah. So that was completely unexpected. So you hear this news. I mean, what, what did you do and how did you, I mean, how did the whole family deal with that at that time? Man, it it was devastating. You know, she she was and is and has completely left behind an absolute legacy that she created, you know. And so we, of course, were all crushed. And I think for me and, and looking back on that time now, some of the hardest things about it was that my mom saw me graduate from high school. You know, nothing too exciting, you know, so she didn't she didn't really get to see me play a whole lot of college basketball. She yeah. didn't see me graduate from college. Mm -hmm. She doesn't get to see me um, in any of my accomplishments these days. And, yeah. and I think the number one thing that I wish is that I could simply have an adult relationship with my mom. Yeah. I would love that more than sure. anything. Yeah. So but my family, gosh, if if there was ever a time that I became more and more grateful for my 10 siblings and my dad it was yeah. then because i i can't imagine having done that alone yeah. we each played a very vital role of keeping each other grounded and knowing that everything was going to be okay and knowing that we'd see her again and um so yeah it was it was a very challenging time and still challenging but for it's part sure. of what yeah part of why and who I am, who I am today. So. so it sounds like it brought your family even closer together. For sure. You know, and which is hard to say too. I mean, meaning you're missing your mom, everyone's missing the mom, but it brings you guys closer together. And it sounds like you guys had a much stronger connection because of it. Yeah, definitely. And um, with along with my 10 siblings, I have 43 nieces and nephews. <laughs> 43rd yeah 43rd was just born a couple weeks ago wow um That's and yes amazing. i do know all of their names believe it or not i get asked that all the time <laughs> but uh 
they all love their Mimi. That's yeah. they call my mom and dad oh. Mimi and Bopo. And my mom um, is who gave me this nickname. And my nieces and nephews, they all call me Manny. But that's Manny. what actually I, this tattoo oh. right here, it's, um, Ma- it says Manny. It's in my mom's handwriting. Oh, and, really? um, yeah. So wow, that's, that's where amazing. that nickname came from. And yes, it, it definitely brought us all together. And we, we think about her, talk about her often. It's hard. I don't think there's been a day that's gone by since that something hasn't been brought up about her, you know? Yeah. So do you f- still feel at times that you are close to her? Yeah, I've had, I've had a, a lot of question to ask. I, I have one, one instance in particular, right after she passed away, I want to say it was a couple days after that. I had a very, very vivid dream that, um, unfortunately that led me to believe when I woke up that she was still there but mm. it was kind of one of those very vivid dreams of her, you know, showing her fingertips, telling me to come toward her to hug her. Cause that's one of the things I definitely miss the most hugging my mom. But, um, it was so impactful when I woke up, I, I really wasn't sure if that was real or not. If, if she was going to be in the kitchen making breakfast or, or not. And to my demise, she was not there. Um, and, but my dad was, and he was, bawling his eyes out and he was just crushed and at the time it was just my dad and I living there by ourselves, right at our little country town in Houston and um it was it was a special experience because growing up my dad and I didn't have the closest relationship we we tended to butt heads a little bit and my siblings have have told me as I've gotten older older it's because we're similar I guess okay but um (laughs) we would always butt heads and whatnot and I think that um I'm I'm a silver linings type person. I've I've been through a lot of challenging things. This being one of the most challenging, but it has definitely um, brought my dad and I closer. And um, we committed yeah. to each other that day. That well, we admitted to each other first. I didn't know how to do a white laundry load, so I he, he said, "Don't worry, honey, I'll do the whites." And I told him I'd do the coloreds, and we had each other's back from that point forward. And really? we knew. That we would move forward hand in hand, arms linked together, and wow, we we had it. We so, were. so your dad does he still live in that house or? He does, yeah, yeah. He's coming up actually. What's today? The tenth. Today's the tenth. Yeah. Two more days. December twelfth will be my dad's. Really. I want to say seventy seventh birthday, and he is in Houston, California, at our little country home, and yep, he's still kicking. Sweetest yeah. guys ever. That's awesome. Got a little bit of grumpy old man syndrome occasionally, but he's <laughs> he's a sweet guy. Love him to yeah. death. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned that you they say you're a lot like your dad and, and you mentioned your dad's like the one of the kindest, nicest. And I can <laughs> see that. That's that's you. Like, you know, even I've brought people, friends into Orange Theory, you know, you've met a few of them obviously now. My family's all a part of it. <laughs> and they can't say enough about you. Like they're like, She is the nicest person. I'm sure you hear that a lot. And, and that means a lot, Todd. Uh, it's I, I just think true. that, thank you. Yeah. I, I think that as I've, my, my old age, as I've gotten to my old age, <laughs> I have um, come to really realize some really important life lessons and, and heck, there's still a ton of them I'm figuring yeah. out, you know, but I think one of the ones that I can fall back on the most, um, and, and a lot of this comes from just the different life experiences, but one of them as I was coming to terms with my sexuality and my, my mother passing away and kind of, um, distancing myself from all that I knew growing up and, and, you know, kind of figuring myself out. Um, 
one thing that I kind of looked myself in the mirror and decided for myself was, hey, if you continue to be a good person, you're kind to everyone around you, Mm -hmm. you continue to bust your buns, you work hard, (laughs) you'll always come out on top. And that's been my experience, you know, and so I, I really have tried to work hard and be kind and love everyone because everyone deserves that love. There's no one undeserving of love and there is no one um, that isn't going through something hard. We all go through hard things every single day and my challenges are no greater than anyone else's. Um, And I think it's important that we remember that in our interactions and don't get me wrong. I can be a (laughs) spicy one at times when (laughs) when it calls for it. But uh, (laughs) I, I definitely have, have come to learn and know that, so long as we all continue to stay kind to one another, not only is that going to impact the people around us in the most positive way, but we work hard and, and we love each other. We're all in this together. So. Right. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So well said. I, I have a question. I wonder, how did your family, specifically your siblings, handle your sexuality when mm-hmm. you, when they found out that, uh, that you're lesbian, right? And, yeah. And how did they treat you? regarding that because it sounds like you guys are a tight-knit bunch yeah and and you know what it's it's been a journey for sure it it was something that I think was so new and um maybe even unexpected for some yeah and something that I just really didn't know how to navigate and I think that one thing that I've learned about myself I am the distraction queen my whole life in any of the hard things that I've been through, I have just got up and gone. I I would just go, you know, pick up to the next project, the next thing that I can do to continue to stay busy and continue to serve others because I find so much joy in that. But here in my age of 28, I kind of got to a place beginning of this year where I was like, Madeline, all of this love that you've been wanting to provide for everyone else you need to give yourself that same love. Right. You need to give yourself that same attention um, because I have stayed distracted for so long. Yeah. And part of that was, to answer your question, I think just battling things that I didn't know how to do on my own. And some of it was okay. out of fear, not knowing how to yeah. talk to people about it or who to talk to about it. And um, it was something that it, it really has been a... a you know, over 10 year journey that has slowly but surely and in the last few years, especially just drastically gotten so much better. I have um, a distinct memory. And the reason I feel comfortable sharing this is because of where I'm at and my family and I are at now. But when I did in those six brief months live in Utah, um, I was living with one of my sisters at the time and she um, was only doing what she felt was best and and probably influenced by my mom a little bit, all just trying to understand um, (laughs) a little bit of a tough love type of way. But I remember my sister almost yelling at me saying, are you a lesbian? (laughs) And and I was, you know, crying and and, and I didn't even know how to respond because I didn't really even know what that meant or what that looked like, you know. And so I... um, that was such a harsh, hard thing for me then. But what I realize about it now is we were all just doing our best, you know, and we continued to do our best. And, um, so it was something that 
a sibling or two was okay-ish with it, did their best to support, but then some just, we, it was like the elephant in the room. We did not talk about it, but now here we are, you know, years and years later. And, um, what really was the kicker for me, Todd, was I, um, was very fortunate just with some previous relationships and, and help with some others that were a little bit more matured in that sense, um, that had similar family backgrounds or upbringings as me that were in a more mature state at that point that, um, taught me the importance of living an authentic life, you know? And, um, so when I was about 26, I would say was a really pivotal point for me really turning year that I started to kind of see for myself the more that I really loved and accepted myself the irony of that is that everyone around me started to do, do the same thing, do the same thing. you know yeah, wow. so the more I, I came to terms with who I am what that looks like what that means and and how that doesn't change what I have to offer the world and how that didn't change yeah. you know my my spiritual gifts or talents or blessings it it's in fact a big part of what makes me me you know yeah, sure and so the more i continued to live authentically my family and my friends just took me with open arms and have loved me more and more over these last few years and it's been super special well that's amazing uh, again very well said you know i heard once uh, i was at a the utah state prison i had a speaking event there it was really cool but one of the inmates got up before me, and I'll never forget this. He said, if you don't own your story, it owns you. Yeah. And I thought, wow. I told him after, I'm still in that. <laughs> and But that's really what you're saying here is you finally just started being able to just own all of it, mm-hmm. right? That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. And that's when things really started to just blossom and open up for you. I, I'll never forget, and, and she may not even know that I still remember this, when I was having a conversation with one of my sisters about you know, re- really coming to terms with everything and whatnot, her response to me was, was life-changing. She, she responded to me saying, you know what, Mads, I'm just extremely grateful and happy that you are at a place in your life where you finally get to live your authentic true self as wow. your authentic true wow. self. And when she said that, it hit me in a way that I was like, you know what? She's exactly right. I don't have to hide who I am. I don't have to pretend that even yeah. though... I have preferences that are like this, that that means, for example, that I love Christ any less. I have yeah. a I have a relationship with my Savior. I love him. And he has gotten me through so many hard things. And uh, I'm so grateful for that um, relationship that I still have and the impact that it plays in my life, despite right. yeah. being what, what I thought <laughs> yeah. for so many years made me so different. You know, yeah. it's actually what part of what makes me special yeah i'm grateful for that realization i love that wow you're choking me up mads <laughs> um well i think what you're saying too is in the, at the end we're, we're all so much alike anyways we yeah. really are at the end of the day we're all the same i really think that and it's so beautifully said you know um what so how do you i mean people who know you i guarantee anyone listening to this that knows you they'll be like yeah she's confident she's strong she's authentic like you were saying what does your day look like? How do you keep yourself in that kind of, I guess, mindset? How do you stay present? What do you do? What does your day look like for you? 
Yeah, and <laughs> and that's a really good question. It's it's a thought provoking question that I think each of us should ask ourselves every single day, or if it's something you haven't, begin to ask yourself now because, mm-hmm. like I mentioned earlier, I'm I'm this January about to be 29 years old and and I've had some of the most impactful life realizations in just the last few years and that being one of them mm-hmm. um what does my everyday activity look like and how does that impact my life and how does that impact the people around me and so um I would say I mean my day to day I wake up I um pretty normal stuff don't <laughs> worry I do brush my teeth and <laughs> Uh, well, that's good. We, we appreciate that. I, I, I get up pretty early. There's a lot of mornings I'm at the studio at 4.30 yeah. a.m. Yeah. Um, Todd usually beats me there, though. <laughs> I'm an early riser. He right? is. He is. And <laughs> you know what? I My Tuesday mornings, for example, that's when I coach the early morning crew. And if I wasn't there coaching doing that, I don't know that I could be getting up at those hours. Right. But because it's, it's that that I'm doing, man, it is the most rewarding, fun, invigorating time of my life to spend those, you know, to spend that hour with that group of individuals that come in every single day to truly become a better version of themselves. For sure. Because guess what? I'm doing that same thing. Yeah. And so my my goal is that um, through coaching, I can can share my love and passion for fitness um, to everyone. And it, it kind of is attached to losing my mom due to health reasons. You know, if I can help mm-hmm. prevent another young 20 year old of losing their mom or, or a mom, you know, yeah, losing right. their own life for yeah. their kids. And just ultimately the mental health aspect of things that has been a new concept for me. Yeah. Um, I think that if mental health, the stigma of it, I feel like in years previous, it's kind of been, something that we haven't really talked about you know at least my my experience growing up and whatnot um not like we pretended everything was fine but I think a lot of people choose not to talk about hard things because it's uncomfortable right but it's through that discomfort that ultimately opens up doors for growth and I thrive off uncomfortable conversations with my friends, with my family, with my members at Orange Theory, because it really a lot of the times allows us to dig a little bit deeper and um, come to terms with some hard truths. And that's happened a lot for me in the last few years. Um, Some of the ways that I need to take some personal inventory every single day and, and realize how I can be better and how I can continue to grow and how I can continue to be an instrument to help other people. Yeah. So, well, that's awesome. Well, I can, you know, with that mindset about what you're doing at orange theory, when you're coaching everybody and, you know, saying, I mean, I'm, I I could be helping someone prevent them from, you know, losing someone or them being healthy to, to a point where it's going to, you know, on on some level save their life. Right. You can see that passion and energy come out in you when you're there. It Mm -hmm. really, it's a, it's a really is another level. I'm not, I'm not just saying that. Like you talk to anybody, they'll they'll tell you that. You <laughs> Thank know. You, Don. Yeah. And you know, you all you know, I love your playlist too. You got the best music. <laughs> so, I love music. It's so good. I can tell you I do. I think that goes back to my music roots. Yeah. There's there's minimal trumpet in my playlist, yeah. but yeah, I, I was going to say when's the trumpet going to yeah, come out? <laughs> I do love music and I yeah. think that's a big part of um, the energy that your class provides, you know. Yeah. 
Um, for sure. So yeah, that's a big part of it that I love. Yeah. So, um, if, if someone wanted to reach out to you and like get to know you better or ask you a question about, you know, how you, you know, how did you get to the point where you're carrying yourself like this? What, what's a good way that they could reach out to you and, um, reach out to me personally. Uh-huh. Gosh, I mean, I, whatever am, you're comfortable with. Yeah. Sharing. <laughs> I, I am the first to pass out my cell phone number, to be honest with you. I, even on my business cards, I've always preferred that it's on there. Cause in my personal opinion, there's uh-huh. no better way to, um, really make so- someone feel valued and loved than make it personal, you yeah, know? Sure. And sure. You can DM me on Instagram. You can send me a message or write me a note, whatever, yeah. but shoot me a text, give me a call or let's meet up for lunch. I would love to have that face to face connection time okay. with you. And, um, but yeah, I, I, I invite that to anyone. Yeah. I love it. What's your, uh, Instagram. Handle? My Instagram handle is, uh, McMads underscore 21. Okay. So M C M A D S underscore 21. Yeah. 21 was my basketball number. So oh, right on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I want to also talk about just before we wrap this up is, mm-hmm. and this isn't last but not least kind of thing. Well, it is, but let's talk about Cassie. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to. When did you meet her and, and talk about your life with her? Yeah. I met Cassie, who is my girlfriend. Um, I met her a little over a year ago and it was, gosh, I, I probably have never seen, um, God or my mom or the universe or mm-hmm. karma play out so distinctly in my life than the way I met Cass, the timing really? of it all and wow. in what ways she, um, saved me. You know, I have a wow. few lifelines in life. One of them is absolutely fitness. It's been a major lifeline for me. Um, an outlet that has allowed me to maintain mental health. Um, but Cass has been a major lifeline for me, the positivity and, and, um, just pure love of Christ that she has provided for me has just been outstanding and unmatched. She loves me unconditionally. Um, so I'm super grateful to her for that. She, uh, she and I met actually at Orange Theory, um, in Orem. I was at that studio at the time. I was her coach. She was, one of my members there and uh-huh. I didn't realize it, but she had the hots for me for about <laughs> six months. And, um, which gratefully for me, I was, I was in the midst of transitioning to other locations and whatnot. And okay. she didn't know how to act on that. Cause I actually, um, am the first female she's ever been with. Okay. And so that was a, a tricky six months of navigating for her, which I've had yeah. plenty of years under my belt of navigating. So sure, sure. Um, the timing of my transitions was her timing of figuring out some of that. And when we finally did um, introduce ourselves to each other and, and begin to chat, it was, it was, it was perfect from the very beginning. She, Cassie really? is, has the most beautiful heart and she loves very hard and she, loves me the most. She is a trauma nu- trauma nurse at oh, Utah really? Valley oh, Hospital. Cool. Right on. Um a dang good one at that. She's yeah. very smart girl. She's she's a student of Boy, life. I respect trauma nurses yeah. and do- I mean the stuff they have to deal with and how they handle it. It's, totally. It's amazing, right? Uh the world definitely needs more yeah. people like Cassie because sure. I don't handle blood and needles <laughs> very neither. well. I'm, like, I'm all about the 
emotional let's connect let's create relationships <laughs> let's yeah. listen to good music and work out hard but she <laughs> does things on a different level i could never do so yeah i commend her for that yeah. definitely well, it sounds like you guys are just like a, a perfect match and things are going really well yeah. there. Yeah, in fact, we just we just built a town home and we just moved in here just literally a week or two ago really? Congratulations. in Bluffdale. And thank you so much. Yeah, yeah first, first home I've purchased. So that was a big deal. And yeah, um, yeah our, our relationship is thriving and I'm super happy. That's My family cool. loves her. She came home with me for Thanksgiving. All right. And uh, cool. they all love her. Yeah. She loves all of them. So... We're really lucky. Awesome. We're really blessed. Well, shout out to Cassie. Big thanks, time. Thanks shout for being such a Cass. good person, Cassie. Yes. We appreciate it. And, um, you know, obviously, I know she obviously loves and appreciates you like we all do. You're amazing, Mads. Seriously. Thank like, you. you're you're one of my favorites. Uh, one of the, even though you're, you're my coach, but I also feel like I know you even beyond that. And, and obviously, you. sitting here with you, hearing this firsthand, actually, I feel so much closer to you. So thank you for. Yeah being willing to come take the time and share a portion of your life with us today. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. If I could um, leave anything and, and something that's Please. been super impactful for me, and you probably have gathered this, and I'm sure Todd can um, attest to this just with his experience with me. One thing that um, I learned probably around age, probably around 20-ish or so, uh, one of my previous bosses one thing that he would harp so heavily and it has never left my brain he would say something to the extent of 90 percent of your success in this life will come from relationships mm. and i don't know if he made it up i don't know if that's an actual statistic but yeah. boy did i believe in that mm -hmm. and it has been a huge um life lesson for me and something that i have tried to utilize in my life and as I have and really honed in on the importance of relationships and making people feel loved and being kind and sharing that with other people my yeah. life has been beyond blessed because of it and I know yeah. that everyone out there your life will be blessed if you focus on relationships and you are kind and you love everyone yeah. with your whole heart yeah boy beautifully said you know connection when we feel connected to someone, we're, that's when we're most fully alive. For sure. And that's what, really what you're saying and cultivating these strong, powerful, healthy relationships. And kind of like you, you, you mentioned your dad was the kindest person you ever met. And I'm sure people will say that about you. <laughs> and that, that really is uh, in, so important. What don't, I mean, the world needs this more now than ever. Compassion oh. and kindness. Absolutely. And understanding yeah. and love, right? And that, that starts with yourself. Yep. And that's been a big learning curve for me and something I'm still learning. And know that if you're struggling with that, it's okay to admit that. Admit yeah. that to yourself. Admit that to someone you love. And it's okay to seek out professional help. I think one of sure. the biggest helps for me have been meeting with a therapist and kind of just yeah. having a sounding board um, for someone to help you process your own thoughts. That's one of the most peculiar things I've learned for myself right. is processing my own thoughts. Yeah. What that means and what yeah. that looks like. So. Sure. Don't be ashamed if you meet with someone and, and um, or if you even just meet with your friends or your family. It's okay yeah. if you yeah. are struggling. We all do every day, yeah. but it's with each other that we'll continue to pick each other up and, and continue to do this whole yeah. thing that we uh, call life. Yeah, beautiful. Well, there you go. Um, Madeline Birchall, thank you so much, thank you. Uh, Mads, for spending some time with me today. 
and powerful. I mean, this is this is just so beautiful. Um, I want to thank all the listeners for spending some time and listening to to Mad's story. Please reach out to her. Um, and she's obviously an open book, and she um, would love to to talk to you. She obviously loves helping other people. And check out Orange Theory, man. I'm telling you, it's 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 intense. It's <laughs> it's energetic. It's powerful, and you do leave there going, "Wow, I, what a great way to start off the day, man!" It's my favorite part of my day, is waking up and going to do that, and yeah. you know, seeing great coaches. There, all the coaches there are, are amazing, and, and uh, you're definitely one of those. So, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you for having me. You I bet. Appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. Until next time. <laughs>